Hello and welcome, pour yourself a bowl of cereal, grab a spot on the couch, and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas. I'm your host, Jax. This is AJ. And we're here today to talk to you about something that is all-American. Wholesome. No, not diabetes, but it might cause that. We're talking about the 2017 movie, The Founder, about the founder of McDonald's. Ray Kroc. Corporation. (laughs) Yes, Croc. That that that. Yes, it's quite a, quite a fitting name for this man. But as someone who used to work for McDonald's, they beat that. They beat the fairy tale into you. This movie does it break the fairy tale a little bit? Oh yeah. Well, we'll get more into that. Um, first, we're going to hear uh, from a new friend, uh, Mike, at the Can I Get a Ride podcast. He's only four episodes in, so be sure to check him out. And then when we come back, we're going to talk some more about The Finder. We didn't listen to our parents, and now, well, now we get into cars with complete strangers. My name is Mike O'Connor. I drive for a rideshare company and host a weekly podcast called Can I Get a Ride? Having a stranger get into your car can be anxiety-inducing. Lucky for me, I like to talk. Listen in as I share stories of passengers from all walks of life, reflect on shared experiences, and laugh at the outrageous overheard conversations coming from my backseat. Can I Get a Ride can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and more. Be sure to check out my website at canigetaridepodcast.com. Follow on Twitter at M-Y-K-O-C-O-N-N-O-R and on Instagram at Can I Get a Ride. I drive, we talk, I get hungry. That's life. Hey, get your hands off of that. Oh, but I want a french fry. No, they're my french fries. But they're so good. No, my french fries. I want the liar fries. It's a bad jex. Oh, shit, we're recording. Hi! Um, that hurt. (laughs) No, he did not hit me. No, I hit my own hand. It's called Foley Effects, or whatever. So, we're back, and we're talking about the founder today. So, basically, we we mentioned earlier how this is about the founder of the McDonald's Mm -hmm. Corporation. Supposedly, or apparently, there were the brothers, uh, McDonald brothers, Mm Mm-hmm. And they were hardworking individuals who, their backstory, they're painted as saints. Um, they weren't exactly saints, but the, the backstory was. Yeah, I know, but the well, thing is, they're. Let me rephrase. When they met Ray Kroc, them telling him their backstory, they were mostly saints. Well, yeah, but I mean, keep in mind that if you're telling your backstory to anyone, you're not going to make yourself sound like a villain. So Ray Kroc had nothing to do with the writing of this movie. Gotcha. Right, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, actually, a lot of this is um, based off of stories, I think, written from his second wife's memoirs. And so. according to this movie, she really didn't know everything going on, so... Yeah. Who knows? Um, but we're going to tell you a little bit about it. We're not going to give everything away, but I am going to stay from get-go. This is a very good movie. Um, Michael Keaton is great in this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is right up there with Batman and Beetlejuice. <laughs> The thing is, Michael Keaton is at his best when he plays a sleazeball. And Ray Kroc, like... He is the ultimate sleazeball. 
And just to be fair, the McDonald's brothers, they're not painted as completely... Innocent. Innocent either. They're um, painted as naive. They're very naive, and there are some things that... Both sides did things that they probably shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're choosing one over the other, sorry, but... Well, I, I can kind of see where Ray Kroc got, came from some of his... Uh, Decisions. What, what, is it, what essentially drove him to a decision. Mm-hmm. He still ultimately chose to make that decision. Yeah. Uh, for example, the Ray basically finds out about this company called McDonald's, mm-hmm. and he's like, "This is amazing! I want to franchise you and make money off your ideas." I mean, the world needs to have the joyous McRib. So. <laughs> yes, but McRib was not around just yet. It was all at that point. It was just cheeseburger, hamburger, shakes. And orange drink. And fries. And fries. Let's not forget the wondrous, wondrous fries. Yes. So he finds out, and he, can, he, he basically badgers them until they agree to um, be fr- to franchise them. Um, and they signed a contract, and he agreed to like 1.4% of the profits or some shit. Um, time goes on, and he starts working really, really hard. And he's not ma- and he, he's having trouble keeping overhead up. He's... The bro- it shows scenes of the brother McDonald's brothers talking about how mm-hmm. they're just they're growing so fast and they're kind of apprehensive because they're a little worried. Mm-hmm. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, you gave him 1.4 percent. That's not that much money. Yes, he's gonna work like he's gonna work like a dog to get more mu- to get you know what mm-hmm. he can. Um, part of the contract too was that they couldn't make Ray had to put everything through the McDonald's brothers. Well, the brothers would basically hem and haw on everything drag their feet. And then ultimately say no in most cases. Which then left Ray with, like, well, what's he supposed to do? And when he would complain to them, they'd be like, well, you wanted this. It's like, well, yes, Ray did bug- ask you for this. You still could have said no instead of, you know, basically saying, okay, you've now, we let this guy throw all his money, mortgage his house, do all this stuff for you, and then try and screw him over. Mm-hmm. So... Ray eventually learns a few little tricks, starts, you know, making some friends, figures out how to get one up on the McDonald's brothers and get mm-hmm. some money, and then buys them out. Yep. And screws them over with... Pretty royally. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, they were promised... Um, well, allegedly. Allegedly, there was a handshake agreement, which basically means we're going to shake on, but we're not going to write down or give witnesses yeah. that they would get 1% of the company's assets in perpetuity. Now, Ray's saying that's too much, but then obviously they're going, you were just complaining that your 1.4% was too little. Mm-hmm. You need to make up your mind, you know, that just seems a little bit shady there, and then he was also a dick to his wife, but of course, if this was written from the memoirs of his second wife, I'm, jeez. I wonder what a picture that's going to paint. Yeah. So it it kind of they got their hand, you know. It just things how it worked out, and so at the end you're left with going. Both sides are kind of unlikable, but Ray's still slime. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, the shots of him, like the real Ray Kroc interview scenes of him in that powder blue suit, he yeah, from the 70s or 80s. I don't care. He just gives me that creepy uncle feel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's keep in mind. Yes. Ray Kroc is the man who believed in more in the idea of a sandwich for Lent being a grilled piece of pineapple on a bun with cheese than in a fried fish sandwich. Probably because of the overhead cost. Yeah, well, it still didn't work. Oh, yeah, true. So. He also wanted all the milkshake. Well, 
he wanted all the milkshakes to be this powdered concoction, which at the time, refrigeration was a big issue, and so they were trying to find a way to cut costs on yeah. that. But... That was the straw. That it was the straw that broke the camel's back at that point. Yeah, and what do you think? Okay, let me try this. AJ, what do you th- out of everything in the movie? What was the slimiest thing that that Ray did in, in your mind? The slimiest thing? Yes. Uh, I'd have to say. Truthfully, probably sending out those milkshake packets to every single other store in the nation without the knowledge of the McDonald's brothers, which is, this is also while the contract was still going on. Mm-hmm. So, and the brothers had said, no, we're keeping the milkshakes, and, mm-hmm. well, there was a few locations that the brothers had tried to franchise before Ray Kroc, and so these, and it was only these certain ones that knew the McDonald's brothers existed. Mm-hmm. All the other locations thought Ray was the founder yep. of McDonald's, and because let me get to my slimy so, thing is my slimy thing was the fact that he took credit for everyone else's ideas. Yeah. He, um, here's the thing: the McDonald the original McDonald's was started in Southern California, San Bernardino, so near Long Beach. Yes, roughly. So that was the original McDonald's. Then they franchised out to about four more locations throughout California, and then one Arizona. Which, by the way, the one in Arizona is the original one with the Golden Arches. Yes. So, after, uh, but then when Ray Kroc took over and did his franchising, his franchising started out of Illinois. The Plains. Yeah. And it's expanded from Illinois. So it's understandable that any of the stores that expanded from him would think he was the founder, considering, you know, he's coming out from... Illinois. Illinois and the East Coast, and... You know, at that point, I don't think a lot of people had gone to the West Coast and gone, oh, there's a McDonald's here. But he was telling them that his store, the Plains one, was McDonald's number one. Well, no. He, uh, he named it McDonald's number one because it was the first... I mean, you could... If you... You can see logically calling it number one since it's the first franchise store. Then I, w- I would essentially, in that case, call, you know, McDonald's number zero. The, you know... Patient the, zero. Patient zero. Right. Though there were other franchises that the brothers had worked with. Mm-hmm. And so he... Um, but then, like, for example, taking the ideas was the milkshake packets. That came from the wife of one of his business associates, who he later married her after causing a few divorces. Second wife. Yeah. So she's the one who found the thing, who mm-hmm. found out about these uh, milkshake packets where it had powdered... Mm-hmm. Milk and everything. It's you still got the milk and all that. From my understanding, is I think it's actually corn a cornstarch mix, probably. Um, but she found out about Ray. Then called up the McDonald's for saying, "I found this thing," mm-hmm. you know. And they said no. So he sent all these. So he, he he waited a little bit. Then he they did something else that irked him. So he said, "Screw it, we're going ahead. We're doing the powdered milkshakes." Sent it to everyone, including the franchises that knew about the McDonald's wares. In my mind, knowing it would get back to them and figuring, you know what, what better way to screw them over than not only sending it to everyone else, but making sure they know about it, but not telling them. So they knew he was doing it behind their back. Yep. So he took that. Um, There was a few ideas his wife had. There was some ideas, some people who'd meet, they had ideas. He would say, this is my idea. And Mm -hmm. it's just a sleazy thing to do to act like everything was your idea. And because all these other people, they're painting as... 
if it's like a husband wife couple or something like well we thought well actually she really thought of it or or something yeah. like that uh, you know, it, it's a lot of it's just kind of a he said, she said. None of us were really there. Mm-hmm. Ray Kroc could have been a, more of a saint than we know. He could have been a lot more of a sleazeball than we know. Yeah. Can, but there's a good chance he's probably more of a sleazeball. The guy was a businessman out of the 50s. Yep. And McDonald's had to have re- approved, like, approved their logos and like this and this. Mm-hmm. So here's my concern. If this is the toned down version of Ray Kroc, mm-hmm. what do they keep out? If this, if this is the good part, you could show us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They so, probably toned down a lot of his uh, flandering, I would say. Probably because his business, he complains to his wife like she's not supporting him and not this and that. When she, when they showed her doing that, his first yeah. wife. But then all of his business trips, he's going without his wife. I'm sure there was no canoodling with anyone else on those. Oh, of course not. Yeah. All right. So let's get to AJ's favorite part of the movie. If you have time to lean, you have time to clean. How many nightmares did this bring back for you? Not nightmares, but they definitely had the same feel. PTSD the, flashbacks? No, not PTSD. The, the PTSD was more from the customers than from the store. Okay. But, no, the, um, oh my god. The, uh, Speedy System. They still have that name. They still use that name. And that's what it, that's what keeps McDonald's afloat is its idea of fast service. But the problem is, every other restaurant now uses the same kind of idea. Well, two things with that. One, uh, first of all, I'll explain the speedy system. Um, that's basically their way of assembly, chore- assembly line, choreographing the store so everything works as smoothly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the reason everyone else uses it is because the, the reason Ray Kroc found out about McDonald's is because he's there. And they're like, oh, you're interested? Hey, you want to come back for a tour? Come in the back. See my secrets. Mwahahaha. Again naive. Yeah. Because if it wasn't Ray Kroc at that point, if they acted that way with anyone who was that interested, mm-hmm. they were bound to get met, screwed over. I don't see Colonel Sanders like giving up his 11 urban spices that easily. Colonel Sanders didn't have a lot to do with KFC towards the end. I know, but... I- he, got, he got royally screwed out pretty early on. But I mean, he kept that secret. No, it's... Yeah. It happens, but yeah, and then... One of my favorite things, actually, speaking of the speedy system, when they were designing the restaurant, they actually went... Because at that time, a lot of restaurants were like your Sonic drive-ins, um, mm-hmm. if you know what that is. It's Just basically- all, st- all kind of drive-ins. Sonic drive-in, A&W, those are your chain ones, but generally they were drive-in restaurants. You pull up to the little speaker box, you order your food, oh, waitress... Or a car hop will come out and take your order. Waitress or car hop like on roller skates will come out and take your order and then problem with this is they were slow they were inefficient um they made m- mistakes <laughs> they made a lot of mistakes and then no one was complaining and then the, it was a hot, it was the den of sin because all the teenagers would hang out causing issues mm-hmm. um someone in this movie really hated teenagers just yeah. saying <laughs> true <laughs> um and they really liked kids wait probably a not in that way <laughs> so probably when Donald's idea was no Allegedly. you get out your car you walk to the window and we serve you. And they they wanted to make though the speedy system work as smoothly as possible. So they found a, a tennis court and they used chalk to draw out where everything in the kitchen was going to be because the restaurant was that small. They had they could do this, and then they had their workers there because mm-hmm. originally they were doing the car hop thing and they decided to change it up. They had their workers there and they kind of choreographed them. And it took a few tries until they got the flow that worked, mm-hmm. which I thought I think was very interesting, but. That flow also accounts for if you're busy all day with lines out the door, which 
they were. Mm-hmm. Um, though it makes me want the shows like why sometimes you go at like non peak times while your stuff may not be as fresh. Yeah. Though there are rules against that, I know. Yeah, but the problem, the thing is, you if you're testing it out something like that, you want to test out at peak conditions at the most full, so you can make sure that it everyone runs. has room and to run. Yep. And something else this movie maybe missed, I just me- realized or remembered. The orange drink. I remember as a kid having the orange drink. Yep, the actual orange drink, the high C orange drink, not the soda, but the high C orange drink. That you somehow that somehow I also equate with like a watered down version being sold at school or something, or yeah. or just coming like for school functions or things. It well, tastes like crap, if I remember correctly, but it was all right. Um, the the watered down version tasted like crap, but yeah. <laughs> the actual drink, it was really good. I, I remember it. I mean, it was essentially sugar water with flavorings. <laughs> Edgar water. Yeah. Sorry, men and but, reference. <laughs> but here's the thing. When we were kids, this stuff was great. <laughs> but it was also kind of super impeded by another high C beverage uh, from when we were kids. Ecto cooler? Ecto cooler. Yes, and now that we've tried that within the past six months, what's our thoughts on Ecto Cooler? It's all right. It's not great. No, it, it's it's high C orange, and it's well, no, it's not high C orange. It's high C tangerine. Oh right. So it, it, it essentially what it's it's what Ecto Cooler actually ended up being was like a citrus cooler. Yeah, and it's not that bad. It's just it. There's so many choices right now for drinks and stuff. It's kind of hard to get a new flavor in and get it to be. Like, someone's favorite. Like, Mountain Dew, when they did their uh, Dew Revolution thing, they had, like... Oh, my God. Almost all their flavors were delicious. There's a couple of them that were awful, but almost all of them were delicious. Let's see. I think the Whiteout was the one I liked the least. Actually, I really liked Whiteout because it tasted most like squirt. Okay. I just remember the blue one, the, um... I forget the name of it, but the blue one is, like, Mm -hmm. my favorite. Next comes Pitch Black 2, Mm -hmm. then Livewire. Isn't Pitch Black 2 the sour one? Yes, that, yeah. but Pitch Black 1 tasted more like black or licorice, which, at the time I was my early 20s, I just mixed with rum to get rid of the licorice taste. I don't know. See, I didn't like black licorice. I never got that black licorice ta- flavor. However, when they first came out with it, I remember, I have distinct memories of driving down to Ojai with some friends to um, go down to a pirate fair to help um, his mom out with sell- you know selling clothing at the pirate fair. And we had two cases of pitch black in the car that just kept <laughs> us going all the way down to Ojai and back. Okay, it's photo sharing time. If I can find the photo, it's going to be on the blog post. AJ, do you remember about, was it like a year ago, the grocery outlet, discount grocery place down the street from us, had a few bottles of pitch black, 20 ounces. Yes, it was 10 cents a bottle on sale. For a 20 ounce. For the 20 ounce bottles. I bought two cases worth. It was a four eight four dollars and it was two dollars and forty cents per case. In the end, for forty eight bottles of Mountain Dew Pitch Black, I paid about ten to twelve dollars. And was this your first purchase of the Pitch Black? Oh hell no! At the store during the sale. Oh, at the store, yes. During the sale. During the sale, yes. I guess when we bought some before that. You bought some. Okay. I, you told me that there was a sale. I may have bought like two or four bottles. That was it. Yeah. But seriously, and. They had more. Like, we didn't oh. even make a deck because I was in there within a week of him, with a friend, within a week of him buying this, and there were still bottles everywhere. Yep. Now, if they had had it on the live wire or the um, voltage... There'd still be some in the house. Oh, yeah. Well, 
I don't know, but we would have had enough where the dog would have had to find a new place to sleep. My testicles would be shriveled. More so. TMI. Anyway. <laughs> um, we were talking about McDonald's at one point, weren't we? Yeah. We got <laughs> so off about Burger King. orange drink. <laughs> so about Burger King. <laughs> yes, Burger King. And no, anyway, so McDonald's. Where were we in the movie? Uh, um, we already pretty much finished the movie. Yeah, we're just kind of going on different McDonald's-related tangents. Um, yeah. The ant- I wonder when the Happy Meals start, because that really wasn't touched on, but it wasn't... Happy Meals really- started, if I remember correctly, in the mid-70s. Okay, so... Because this movie takes place in the late 50s. Or it, early it, to late... Early to mid... Early to late 50s, I think. Mid to late 50s. Okay. And then it, go- and then it ends in the 70s. Okay, well... Ends in the seventies mean there's like a little clip um, beginning at the end no, of no, it. No, the seventy when the deal goes through, I think oh. it's like the late sixties, maybe early seventies. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, no one looks any different, and there's no children in the movie except the ones you see at the restaurant. Oh, so no, you no, really he, can't tell. Ray Kroc, does, uh, well, not Ray Kroc, but um, uh, the actor's name, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton. They did put some makeup on him to make him look a little older in that last scene. Right. But not a lot. Yeah, well, the last scene's supposed to be quite a while after. Like, not yeah. quite a while, but enough years after where it's it's still a little hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we've rented, we've rented, we've rambled. Uh, we talked about Orange Drink and Mountain Dew. Overall, what is your rating of this movie? Is it... I You know what? If it was still in theaters, I'd tell you to go see it in theaters. But now that it's, now that it's on DVD Blu-ray... If you have any interest in the history of like fast food and how it got to where it is today, give it a shot, and it'll and you know what? For a lot of people, it may even open up your eyes to find out that McDonald's is not so much a fast food business as it is a realty realty business. Mm-hmm. So that I definitely put it as at the least Redbox because uh, that's how we rented it. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, full disclosure. We saw us in theaters and just never got around to recording it. Yep. So <laughs> we so, rented it this past week. To just kind of give a refresher on it. And it's a good movie. So it's a good enough movie for us to go have watched twice. Yep. Um, it's actually on our list of, to purchase. We decided to scale back our purchasing for a little while. Uh, put We're some, in some kind of... <laughs> put some money toward the podcast. Yeah, let's put it that way. And pretend we didn't spend all our money elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we uh, were scaling back on purchasing. So we are actually going to be a little bit more selective about our theater choices, our theater film slip choices from this on. Which is a bad time to do this, considering we're just about to start summer season now. Yeah, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, right now, though, we're going to take a quick breath, hear from our friends at the Mysterious Circumstances podcast, and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is Justin with the Mysterious Circumstances Podcast, where we cover lesser known cases that have happened under mysterious circumstances, of course, including uh, murder, disappearance, and maybe even a little bit of the paranormal. So come on out, check out a few episodes, and who knows, you just might like it. Not in the eye, not in the eye! Oh, whatever. (laughs) Okay, we're back. Um... So we mentioned this a little bit before the break right there that we are going to be going on a little bit more selectiveness for our cinema going this summer. Selectiveness? We're looking for the stuff that's not shit because uh, we can't afford to go to every movie like we did last year. Yeah. And fortunately, Marvel and DC are really amping it up with Wonder Woman, um, 
Spider-Man. Last year was great. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Isn't Thor coming out at the end of the year? Huh? Is Thor coming out at the end of the year? I or think next? Thor is towards the, like, Christmas time. Yeah. Which means I really should get through the Dark World at some point. <laughs> Plus the next, you know, Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Galaxy Battles, all that. So, you have to be a little selective. That one's for Captain Kirk, right? You podcast listeners cannot see this, but I am staring daggers into her. (laughs) So we're being a little more selective. Um, We're going to concentrate a little bit more on some old favorites, um, because we have a great big library of movies we picked up and we plan to talk about at some point. Um, But we want to hear from you. Is there a movie that you really want to check out this summer or that you think would be very good, just in general? Or is there an old favorite you'd like us to try to find on... Blu-ray, DVD, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, cable, TV. Just know, let us know in the comments at the blog post at nonoms.net. That's www.nonoms.net. I have a, I have a movie. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Killing. Comes with the best seal of approval. Tits within the first minute. We will see. I have to find where that um. <laughs> <clears throat> borrowed disc went. Yeah. It's probably sitting right behind AJ actually, but Most you don't understand I I have some old CDs from when I was younger. And you remember those big like four p- disc per page double sided C D booklets? Yep. There's like four of them behind AJ full. Yep. And that's not all the disc I have. So I have to look through a few things because a bunch of old CDs and stuff are in there and blah, 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 And that's not counting all my CDs with all my Captain Jack, you know, manga and anime. Yeah. So we got to look at that. Um, but we'll definitely look into things, Killing. Um, some other options where we have the, was it the Mosquito Coast is one we were thinking of. Yeah, we, we, we picked that one up on a whim because someone had a review of it and we just saw a little bit and we're like, that sounds really good. It's a Harrison Ford movie that we'd never heard of, so you know we we think we might talk about that in the upcoming mm. months. Um, I know I want to talk about Black Christmas, which I know it's not Christmas. I spent my Easter watching one of the movies because there was a remake done, and now, we'll get into that at some point. Black Christmas is that the one with the wrestler who does the done with the stuff? No, no, no. That Santa sleigh where the wrestler Goldberg plays Santa Claus. See, okay, so Santa. Um, Santa is really Satan's son, and he lost the curling match and had to spend a thousand years <laughs> delivering toys to children. Well, a thousand years is up, so now he's come back to seek his revenge. And within the first minute, or first, the first scene, so like the first five, ten minutes, he crashes his family's dinner, kills Fran Drescher, the nanny, and Chris Catan. Like, just amazing from the beginning. Um, I believe it's on the same disc that thinks Killing's on, actually. Okay. This also brings up an idea that we were having with a new idea for formatting. Uh-huh. One of us was going to watch a movie, explain it to the other one, and see if the other one wants to see it or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I want to see that shit. I put this on at Christmas and you got mad at me for playing on this crap. <laughs> I believe those were your words. I don't know. I was probably really tired at that time. Uh-huh. Um, it stars the girl, the Australian girl from Lost, and I forget who else said. Um, Santa visits the strip club and goes, ho, ho, hoes. Jesus. <laughs> um, 
So that's a endearing scene, and yeah, so we, we might be talking about that sometime over the summer. Okay. Because uh, Christmas and July, or whenever the hell we feel like it. Yep. Uh, so that's possibly one, and then I know there's a few other, we have a ton to talk about, but there's just a few ideas, and we want to hear from you. Um, while you're at the blog post, though, be sure to you know, leave us a comment about anything else you might like, any constructive criticism, what have you. Mm-hmm. While you're at the website as well, if you think you might like us just a little bit because we love you, please consider becoming a Patreon. Um, you can, you know, Every dollar helps, and there's more information on the blog post. While you're there as well, for all of my listeners who like to listen to audiobooks as well, but they find them kind of expensive because 30 bucks, really? Yeah. Uh, no, I have a three, a three, a free 30-day trial to Audible. If you go to audibletrial.com slash SMP, um, there's a link on the blog post as well to make that a little bit easier. But you get a free 30-day trial. What that trial gives you is a free audiobook. And then you get discounts on other audiobooks. So uh, once the month is up, if you decide to keep the subscription, it's I think it starts at $15 a month. So first off, you get a free book every month. So not really free. You're paying $15 for it. But then you get discounts on others, and and plus, a, considering how much the books on the audiobooks cost anyway, fifteen dollars is kind of a discount for a free audiobook. Yep, um, and on occasion I like for the other free things. Like I believe I got the short story that the Secret Life of Walter Mitty was based on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have Snape singing the Twas Night, or not singing, but reciting the Twas Night for Christmas or something like that. I, I have to check. I know for myself, back when I you know used to be able to afford Audible. I would go ahead, I had Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I also had Lamb. Mm-hmm, which you still have to finish. Oh, and once you cancel, you still get to keep the book. Mm-hmm. Even that free one during the 30 days. So, check out the blog post, nonums.net, for the link to get you right there, so you get that 30-day trial. Mm-hmm. Um, done enough self-promoting here. I want to, you know, things about time we wrap things up. So, I want to give a huge shout out. I can talk. I swear I can talk. Uh, A huge shout out to all of our listeners on TuneIn, iTunes, the Podbean Player, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. You are while we're here, and you know when you're done checking us out, be sure to check out these lovely apps for a bunch of other podcasts. And, you know, there's a bunch of other great people out there. And don't forget to check out our friends who we heard a few messages from. uh, Mike at the Can I Get a Ride podcast, as well as the Mysterious Circumstances podcast. AJ, quit trying to electrocute yourself. Um... Maybe remember a gif I saw of a dog literally whizzing on the electric fence, and for some reason he yelped and ran away. <laughs> he learned. Um, so I think that's it for this week. We will see you all again next week, and we look forward to your comments. Anything else, AJ? Not much. Just, you know, have a good week. All right. Well, we're off because there's totally not 24 McDonald's a mile down the road. <laughs> and there's totally not one of us that's going to go to sleep rather than go to the McDonald's. More for me. (laughs) I don't need the McDonald's late night poops. It's better than the Taco Bell shits. No, it's not. KFC? Oh. Well, now that we've ruined your appetite, night! Good night.